Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. In less than two months, they actually got all the way from just learning about the virus to actually having something that they were able to inject into volunteers' arms in an effort to stop the infection. That's Michelle Cortez, health reporter for Bloomberg News in Minneapolis, talking about the fight to develop a COVID vaccine. We'll have the latest on that in moments. This is WBBM's In-Depth, where we take a deep dive into a story we are telling on the air. I'm Jennifer Kuyper. This week, we continue our ongoing discussion on COVID-19 and how travel and destinations people are choosing to visit have shifted during the pandemic. One of the biggest changes in travel during the COVID crisis is the type of vacations people are now taking. Many incorporate social distancing and utilizing the great outdoors. Just some examples are dude ranches and river rafting trips. We'll explore both those options. Also, a lot of people are timid to get back on a commercial airliner amid the pandemic. We'll discuss efforts carriers are implementing to make air travel safe and how people are navigating the new travel norm. But first, let's get the latest on the COVID crisis with Michelle Cortez, health reporter, Bloomberg News in Minneapolis. We have some new news, some breaking news on the vaccine front, right, Michelle? Yes, absolutely. We finally have the phase one study results from Moderna on their vaccine, which at this point is still experimental, but in the final phases of study already. And now we're seeing the very first set of data that can help us decide how to go forward against this virus. Can you go into a little detail about some of that that's coming out? Yes. So what they were looking at is primarily safety. And then they also wanted to know a little bit about efficacy. They looked at three different doses There were about 15 patients in each one of these arms. So remember, this is first in human trial results. And the the speed with which they did this is breathtaking. In just less than two months, they actually got all the way from just learning about the virus to actually having something that they were able to inject into volunteers' arms in an effort to stop the, the infection. So what we saw was a pretty low rate of side effects. There were some concerns, especially in the highest dose. There were three different doses given. In the highest group, they did have some uh, a handful of serious welts and rashes, some, some fevers. And even in the, the low dose and the medium dose groups, they also saw some complications with, with fevers and just muscle weakness and not feeling great. But they also, on the other side, on the efficacy side, all the patients did show signs of producing neutralizing antibodies against the virus. So that's a hopeful indication that these volunteers would have some protection against the virus should they encounter it out in the community. Again, very early days, 
but very encouraging. Michelle, what's the next step on this one? And is this something that we could possibly see come about early next year? Because we've had a lot of people, a lot of uh, uh, authorities have written off this year saying we're not going to probably have a vaccine this year. It will be more like early next year. Yes. They have enrolled all of the patients in their phase two trial, and they announced also that they're just starting their phase three study in the next week. 30,000 patients are going to be in that trial. That's going to be the definitive look at the data that will tell us whether or not the Moderna vaccine is going to be successful. It will probably take a few months to complete. Whether they'll be able to get it entirely done by the end of the year is still a bit of a toss-up. We're not sure exactly how that'll work. It depends on how quickly they're able to enroll everyone and roll out the study itself. But they are also starting to produce the vaccine as well. So if it does hold up and it does show benefit and it is able to actually neutralize the virus, then by early next year, some people especially high-risk people like healthcare workers and the elderly might be able to get access to this vaccine. There have been recent spikes in California. In fact, the state has reimposed sweeping restrictions. Can you talk about what's going on there? The number of cases in California are hitting records day after day, and that's really concerning because California was the first place that we saw human-to-human transmission in the United States. So they've been dealing with this from the beginning, and now here at the point that we are now, they still don't have it under good control. We've heard now from a couple of school districts out there that they're going to be online only in the fall, and the governor is dialing everything back. People who are going in to eat inside restaurants, no more inside restaurants, no more bars. Fitness facilities are closed down, and they're really trying to get a hold on this virus because the number of cases continues to climb exponentially, and the numbers of hospitalizations and deaths are also rising. And at some point, they're going to start overwhelming their healthcare system. And at that point, it just gets out of control. Where else have there been openings that have been rolled back due to a spike? Pretty much everywhere across the South, they are looking at those kind of movements. We're seeing some of that in Florida. We're seeing some of that in in Atlanta. We're seeing some in Texas. And the thing is, is that you're seeing politics, unfortunately, get involved here because we're seeing some places where mayors of certain cities are cracking down, where the governors of the entire state are wanting to be more lenient and open-minded. So it's different depending on where you're going. In Atlanta, they're cracking down. In Georgia, not so much. And what does the CDC say about masks now? There's been this debate. Some will wear them, some won't wear them, some are required to wear them. What does the CDC say? The CDC director, Redfield, said that the fall and the winter of 2020 and 2021 could be the worst that America has ever seen. He said that to Jam Alive. But he also said that if Americans embrace masks, and actually start following some of the social distance guidelines that have been put out there, that we would be able to get this entire virus under control. So the message is really, this is in the hands of the American people. And a lot of people are feeling like they're just tired of the virus. They don't want to wear a mask. They don't want to have to stay, you know, socially distanced from their loved ones and their friends, and they're ready to get back to life. But the truth of the matter is, is if it is not contained, then the amount of time that this is going to drag out is just going to go on endlessly until we get a vaccine, hopefully knock on wood, the Moderna vaccine holds up. But the truth of the matter is that it's in our hands 
Dr. Redfield said, if you wear masks, we can get this all under control, even if you feel crazy or like you're posturing or you don't really need it. If you wear it and we get the virus under control, we should be good. Otherwise, this fall and this winter, the worst in our history. That's Michelle Cortez, health reporter, Bloomberg News in Minneapolis, with the headlines and the national response to COVID-19. Now let's turn our attention to travel options people are choosing to take during the pandemic. First, we'll look at dude ranches. We welcome Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors based in Scottsdale, Arizona. Angie, what do visitors do at the dude ranch? I mean, sure, you ride horses, but what else? There's a lot to do at a dude ranch. And to be honest with you, the best aspect of a dude ranch is the level of privacy that's available. It's essentially your own uh, private national park. Um, The things that you can do on a dude ranch is anywhere from archery to riding horses to hiking. There's really activities for all ages and all activity levels. And how do they, I mean, by its nature, it's social distancing because you're outside so much of the time, but uh, there are times when you are inside. So are they maintaining social distancing practices? They're doing a fantastic job. Essentially, a lot of these uh, dude ranches offer outside dining as well as inside dining. So there's a lot of flexibility There's really that farm-to-table type experience, Um, a lot of barbecues where they're doing a great job of um, situating different families in small groups, as well as, you know, um, providing, you know, security in the sense that the staff is wearing masks and providing, you know, assurance with cleanliness and things like that. Angie, are we talking about something that is affordable or are we talking on the luxury end or both? Really, there's all spectrums. There's availability for both levels, all the way up to the most luxurious. I mean, there are um, dude ranches that offer significant amounts of luxury and amenities. Um, Montana, Wyoming, you know, the wild, wild west is, you know, certainly comes to mind when you think of dude ranch. Um, Ranch at Rock Creek, Paws Up, these are some ultra-luxury um, accommodations where you can choose between a two, three-bedroom pe- cabin all the way to a glamping uh, tent-style accommodation, but you're still in a luxury environment. And then there's more rustic ranches that are different price points. Um, you also have to consider whether the property is offering you an all-inclusive rate where the food is provided or some of the activities are provided versus those that are more a la carte. So the pricing can really vary. You really have to um, understand the, the, what's included in those rates. Um, you book people for these trips. So what do they say when they come back? What's their reaction? It's a fantastic experience. It's a great way to explore the outdoors. And it's also a great way for families to be introduced to new types of activities that, that maybe they've never done before. I mean, it's a great alternative to a beach. You know, for families that typically, you know, do a beach vacation, it's a great trade-off because, Seeing kids um, experience archery for the first time or riding a horse for the first time. And we have families. In fact, we have a multi-generational family staying at the Paws Up in Montana this week. And they're doing activities they've never done before that are perfect for grandma and grandpa and great for, you know, kids that are as young as four or five years old. Um, a lot of these uh, the activities are, are very private and they are arranged on property. And there are opportunities to stay on property, go off property. A lot of these uh, dude ranches are situated near or on rivers and lakes. There's also water activities from fly fishing to boating and um, rafting. Giddy up from the ranch to the rapids. Another activity growing in popularity during the COVID crisis is river rafting. 
Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media in Cambridge, Massachusetts, joined us during the WBBM Noon Business Hour to share his recent experience of rafting on the Colorado River with his family. Paul, before we even get to the trip that you took, you were out on rafting on the Colorado River, and we'll talk about that, but you are our tech guy, and you managed to unplug. How'd you do it? Uh, <laughs> it's easy. Go 5,000 feet below sea level down to the Colorado River, and you can't connect with anything even if you want to. Um, so it was, that was by the way on purpose, but it was an amazing thing to do just psychologically. Yeah. To disconnect to, um, with my family to just go away from all the, all the digital distractions there are in the world for all of us and, uh, and, and just to breathe and open your eyes and enjoy. So yeah, it was an amazing transition. It was albeit a very fast one. Were the kids okay with it too? Oh my God. You know, it's funny. It's that I thought, I think my biggest concern was them and, and it ended up being the least concern. The whole, literally it's a playground. Um, visually you look around when you're away from stuff like that, there is no, there is the, the, the taking the bandaid off fast for a kid is easier than it is for a grown up, to be honest. So I think that the kids were actually the most affected in a positive way by being away from screens. Have you ever gone rafting before whitewater rafting? No. Um, in the I mean, for anybody who's thinking about getting out of, you know, getting out of Dodge literally and figuratively and just getting in this case, getting on a river, um, you don't necessarily need experience. There are people who, first of all, there are very few licenses granted to people who want to go on the Colorado River and the Grand Canyon, which is where I went. Uh, it was eight days straight with, you know, nothing uh, but, uh, but the water and, and the raft and, of course, lots of things to see along the way. But I didn't need expertise. There are lots of different uh, tours that will take you there, even though they're very limited. Only about 30,000 people a year go down the Colorado River. Um, the, you know, our tour is called Grand Canyon Expeditions, but there are lots of them. There are about four or five main ones, but you can also take a private tour if you are experienced. You don't need any experience to do it. Um, the guides will take you. They'll feed you. Uh, and, and so you get all your responsibility is to get down there and enjoy. So what about getting there? Any problems on the plane, at the airport, anything like that, trying to get to the location? No, that's a great question. For many people, that's going to be the biggest barrier, at least psychologically. For us, I, I live in, uh, in Park City, Utah. So I'm where we drove, instead of taking a plane, we chose not to. Uh, we drove to Las Vegas where uh, they pick you up. Uh, Las Vegas itself is about a three-hour drive. It's, for us, it's about six hours from Salt, uh, Park City to uh, near Salt Lake down to Las Vegas. We stayed in a very small hotel off the Strip, which is you know very clean. And then the next morning, very early, they pick you up in the private bus for, from the tour and bring you right to the Colorado River, about three hours south of there. So, uh, which is in, in you know the sort of border of Arizona. Uh, the result is you don't actually have to deal with planes if you're close enough. Otherwise, yeah, I mean the folks have to deal with that psychologically, but it's certainly something that people can handle. There must be different things that you do. I mean, sure, you go out and you go rafting, but do you dock at times and visit certain areas or check some things out? Oh, all the time. I mean, some of the days were the rapids were their own entertainment, by the way. Um, there's one rapid you can look it up if you're interested later called Lava Falls, which is probably the highest, most, you know, so the most churning rapid there is on the Colorado River for people to go through it. Um, they, on a scale of zero to six, it's a 10, believe it or not. I'm not kidding. <laughs> there is a zero to six scale and it's ranked off that scale. Um, but that's so that's its own entertainment and exciting and dramatic, but there, there are stops along the way every day, uh, waterfalls. It goes from unbelievably arid in maybe a hundred degrees because you're in Arizona to uh, a chilling waterfall that's, you know, 30, 40, 50 feet high, uh, and pools and all kinds of wildlife everywhere because of course it's undisturbed. So it's one of the best escapes I've ever experienced. I mean, as a tech guy who loves technology and loves the, all the technology delivers, it was a delight to at odd occasions, <clears throat> the guide would pull us to the side on the river. We'd go look at some geological formation, some wildlife, some waterfall, and the kids went, they loved it. 
So do the family. So I would say as it, it is controlled in so far as you don't need expertise. Um, it is out of the, it's off the grid. Uh, and every, you know, couple hours or hour or so, you stop when you want to go on a cool hike, see ancient ruins uh, and, and all kinds of natural features. So I would say it's one of the most amazing entertainment uh, experiences I've had and w- without a single digit to be seen. Many of those trips we just discussed may require a flight on a commercial airline to get there. Let's bring in Joe Schwederman, DePaul University transportation professor, to talk about the new norm for air travelers. Joe, what is airline travel like these days, not only for passengers, but also for the airline operators? You know, for the airlines, it's just a roller coaster. One week they think uh, demand's picking up, the next week it's going to fall. Right now we've had a, a bit of bad news, so airlines are, are scaling back. At the same time, there's kind of this lengthy public debate about the safety on airplanes, those middle seats, and so forth. So that's playing out at the same time. Uh, But overall, there's some real bargains out there because the demand just hasn't uh, bounced back. Any concerns about the airlines taking, I mean, they've already taken huge hits. How long can they go like this? You know, it really is uh, an open question now because the CARES Act provisions about laying off workers expires at the end of uh, September. The United has made real clear they could lay off as many, you know, worst case, as half of their, their workforce. So the numbers are pretty scary for the airlines. Into the fall, they're furiously uh, working in Washington for an extension of the CARES Act. We're not sure of how generous that's going to be, but uh, there'll probably be something in it for airlines. I think the good news is there's not any talk of uh, immediate bankruptcy of the big four, United American, Delta, and Southwest. Uh, but boy, it's a tough time. Also, two new additions to Chicago's travel order, I believe it's Iowa and Oklahoma. What does that mean for airline travel and for people who decide they want to get on a plane and then come back home? You know, certainly uh, it's uh, it's a new wrinkle here in Chicago and nationwide. We're seeing similar actions. And we really thought there would be a warm weather uh, benefit to the coronavirus that, you know, places like Florida, Arizona and so forth would see uh uh, recovery and said things are going, of course, in the wrong direction. And for airlines, that's really bad because these are kind of the escape leisure destinations that uh, could get consumers back in the seats. You know, but adding now uh, Oklahoma and Iowa make it clear the mayor's not thinking about lifting these. If anything, she's uh, clamping down more. And uh, it's just a real mess because it's partly on the honor system, but the city, of course, has enforcement potential. The consumers left confused, so they uh, they mostly just keep their credit card in their wallets and, and stay home. With Chicago's travel order and those two new additions, that now makes it 17 states, which require travelers visiting or returning to the city from one of those states to quarantine for 14 days. Joe, you have lengthy experience in this area. Have you ever seen anything like this? It just seems like it really is uncharted waters. It really is. And, you know, this, um, uh, of course, the second quarter, Delta's results came out and just astounding with revenue down 85%. You know, so those reports of the flights and airports being empty were exactly true. Never seen anything like this. And I think we saw the Great Recession. It took a few years to bounce back, you know, back in 2008. But really, within six months of the worst of it, you know, people were coming back and they were on a growth trajectory. Uh, this, though, is a roller coaster. And, boy, it's... Uh, it appears to be uh, be far worse than anything I've ever seen. And the airlines are trying to do things such as offer some employees early retirement. But could we see even more firings and furloughs? You know, no doubt. And uh, the CARES Act, one of the rules, really two rules that were tough for airlines. One is they had to keep flying to all their destinations, uh, even if it was just a couple times a week. Uh, secondly, uh, not laying off staff. And so uh, airlines have pretty much stayed uh 
full, uh, you know, full workforce. That's of course going to change. I think one thing we're we're yet to see. You don't want to assume that things aren't really going to bounce back in in September if this uh, virus gets under control. But we have uh, we have called for a turnaround so many times, and it hasn't quite happened. I do think this fall we could see, unfortunately, some uh, some pink slips. Do you think the airlines are doing all they can with regard to social distancing, also wearing masks, uh, you know, using hand sanitizer? What else could they possibly do? Yeah, it's really tough. I mean, right now, uh, United and American haven't committed. Uh, at least in a dramatic way, not to uh, sell those middle seats. And, and they're in a tough problem because a lot of the airplanes are regional jets that have 2-2 seating. So if you say you're not going to put uh, a passenger uh, next to somebody, that means you're, you may have a flight uh, only 50% full, whereas you have three seats across on each side of the aisle. You know, it's only one in three seats you can't sell. So they're, they're in a tough spot uh, not committing to that uh, empty seat uh, practice. But I think we are going to see more... Uh, things at least to give customers confidence, more temperature checks at the airport, uh, more security to make sure that distancing occurs so it isn't just a social custom, but it's really enforced. Uh, and of course, I think new innovations so customers know they're not going to get on a jam-packed flight. The new norm for air travelers, certainly a new reality for us. Join us next week for another edition on the WBBM In-Depth Podcast where we take a deep dive into a story we are telling on the air. Be sure to subscribe to receive this free podcast every Wednesday. And, of course, listen anytime for the stories that matter by listening to WBBM on the Radio.com app or on your radio. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jennifer Kuyper. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.